Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. Today's game was picked by Russ. Do you remember what today's game is? <laughs> Let's hope that I do. Um, today's game is Golden Side. There you go. The Game Boy Advance. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and begin, as always, with personal history. personal history segment seems a little redundant because um, all of my personal history, well with almost every game that we play, my personal history is that I owned it on the original system where it came out and I played it at whatever age I was when it came out on that system and that also holds true for this game. So I had it on the Game Boy Advance and I played it in 2000-ish, 2001, something like that. Um, when it came out, and I am just introducing Jeff to these games, like I do all of the games that we play. And as usual, I have no personal history, so I did a tiny bit of research. Um, it was released on the Game Boy Advance in 2001 by Camelot Software Planning, highly praised by critics when it came out. IGN even called it arguably the best 2D game based on JRPGs created for any system. That's not a lot of praise to try to live up to, good God. Uh, so yeah, I got nothing. I didn't play it until we played it for this review. When a group of psychic children from a secluded village accidentally unleash elemental danger on the world, it's up to them to wander into the wide world to stop the bad guys seeking to use the elemental stars for evil and rescue their friends who were kidnapped. When you said group of psychic children, I thought we were supposed to have played Earthbound. Ah, I wish. And I wish that is what had happened. Even though, as you so stated, this is the best 2D RPG that has ever existed according the to IGN of all of time, according to IGN. Yes, the, so, the experts on the matter. I guess we don't ever have to play Earthbound. <sighs> Never again. Okay. So, Russ, tell me about the characters. Well, the characters are a group of psychic children <laughs> who go on a quest I asked for that. to save the world yeah. from alchemy, which really confused me, because I always thought alchemy was a good thing. Okay. But anyway, so the char so the characters are there are four main characters. Isaac is your main hero, and he has his friend Garrett, and Ivan and Mia. Um, and they are all adepts, uh, that use different elemental powers. And one has earth, one has fire, one has water, one has air, 
Um, and they're kind of just the generic trophy set of teenagers with a heart of gold that are going to save the world because of altruism. Normally I'd want to wait until later in the review to do this, but there's no other place that it fits in. I want to talk about my issues with the end of this game. Sure, because it's the certainly. I mean, and I know you're going to try to explain it, and then I'm going to tell you I why mean, you're the wrong. In, the end of the game yeah. is... So this is the is first time, term. out of all these games, it's the first time we've encountered a to-be-continued, which I think is pretty rare in JRPGs in general. Well, yeah, it usually happens in games like this one where it has to be split. I mean, there are sequels, but yeah. it's very rarely like, oh, but the rest of this story... No. Yeah. But the problem I have is the way they laid it out. So I guess some spoilers, but not a whole lot. Not that we tend to worry about that, but... It's almost a 20-year-old game. Okay. So spoil... So it begins with the basic concept of you have a small adventure that leads you into a bigger adventure. It's a fairly common narrative tool, right? Your friends are kidnapped, you have to find your friends, and in the course of doing that, you realize, oh my god, the whole world is in danger, there's so much more going on, there's this ancient culture, we have to deal with all of this. You get to the end of the game, and you still haven't rescued your friends. Right. That's where I have a problem. Oh, okay. I get because that. the typical narrative structure is you finish your small quest, then you go, oh, but there's still work to do. Yeah. Instead, right. I spent how many hours, 30 hours, 40 hours right. in this game, got to the ending, and resolved nothing. Yeah, you really did nothing. I was going to say that. I spent this entire game, and I didn't rescue my friends. Yeah. Uh, I, they're still out there, right. and I've got the bigger story. So there was zero resolution, so I didn't get to feel like I accomplished something. You, you murdered two people. Yeah. That's... Whose backstories I still don't even know. Right. Yes. Like, yes, they're clearly the bad guys from the beginning of the game, but I don't know their motivation. Right. So I don't know if they're really bad guys, or if I'm just supposed to accept what I'm told. Well, you're really just supposed to accept what you're told. But the biggest problem I have with this game, and the reason it's going to lose points at the end, is because you don't get to feel like you accomplished anything. Yeah. Because the game just says, alright, play the next one now. Right. But I played this one, give me something. Let me feel like I did something. So what I'm going to say, obviously, to try to explain that on behalf of the developers, because they couldn't be here today. Yeah, we did ask. Is because... Um, we, we asked, and uh, they declined politely, right. but they are coming over tomorrow for an ice cream social. Well, they sent a gift basket. Which was nice. And that was nice. Yeah. So this was supposed to be an N64 game. Okay. That was... This and the sequel, which we have yet to play. I think combined. that would have made it the second JRPG it, on the N64. Right, yes. And it uh, was about, so it was supposed to be a bigger game for a bigger system. This intro, or this, this this game, as I'm subject to believe, was supposed to be like the intro for a much, much bigger game. And then, it, but it was in development so late in the N64 life cycle. They were moving on to the GameCube. They didn't have like the money or the time or the resources to move it to be a GameCube game, so they made it a Game Boy Advance game, and then it was way too big and out of the scope of what you could do on a Game Boy Advance, so they had to take it and divide it into two games, and it's still not even like the full story. But they couldn't they, but they couldn't is, have tried to restructure the narrative. But it still. is the best 2D RPG that was ever created. Yes. So I mean I have heard that. I, I so have I. I take umbrage with it, but I have heard that. I still, when they had to make that decision, when they had to split it into parts, they still could have restructured the narrative somewhat. There's a Certainly. way stories are supposed to go. And yes, it's entertaining when people play with the tropes 
and when they twist them around and everything. But this is just ignoring plot progression. This right. I was supposed to when be... the end popped up. I was shocked and saddened. Okay, I was betrayed. The gameplay and the little traveling village to village is supposed to be enough for you to make. I, it I want my heroes to game. accomplish something. Yeah. No, yeah. I absolutely. We've had arguments and disagreements about this before, but I absolutely agree. This was a game that had no closure. Closure at all. No. All right. So. Let's move on to things that the game does well, that I guess IGN believes makes it the best game ever made. Uh, we'll go into the combat system. Alright, so with the combat system, we're looking at a fairly standard, it's menu-driven, painted backdrops. I do like the action of like the characters leaping into yes. action to perform there. Again, for the Game Boy Advance. It's a little Because it was the best studio RPG on the Game Boy Advance. I wish I'd never um, said that. It was. <laughs> but I'm saying that the combat system, they did do a lot with what they had to make it look cinematic. It does, yeah, it looks yeah. cinematic. It looks great. Yeah. When the characters are actually performing their combat moves, right. it looks really good. I like the flow of battle. It just feels really good to me. Everything is fast. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. They did go back to what Final Fantasy 1 did, though, where if your character tries to hit a monster that's already been defeated, the attack is just and null and void. I hate that. I mean, I normally hate that, but I feel like the point of this game is that you're using so much magic and, like, multi-target magic anyway. I didn't experience Well, and that's that another that. note that I had is a lot of the magic... It's not like in some JRPGs where you can, like, okay, I've got this spell, I can have it affect everybody or one person. Each spell has its own specific area of effect. This spell hits one, mm -hmm. this spell hits three, this spell hits five. And I like that it goes beyond, like, the Dragon Quest way of doing things, where you target, like, a group of enemies, and it'll be like, it is this four enemies in a row that it hits. Yeah. Depending on Does if they're it? all the same enemy or yeah. if they're all different enemies, like, this hits these four, or this hits these three, or... And I did notice that... I said earlier, if the enemy's defeated, the attack doesn't work. Well, if they were in the area of the magic, mm -hmm. it will still go off, even if they weren't the right. primary center. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's that at least nice. Yeah. And like you said, it does make you focus more on using magic. I use magic more in this game than most games. Well, this I is don't a game. Normally. No, exactly, but this is a game, and this is another thing that I like about it. This is a game where every character can use magic, and all of your playable characters are, I mean, they're the reason that they're the special, so to speak, is because they can use magic um, in this world. So even your warrior-type characters are still mages. Well, plus it helps that your magic actually regenerates naturally over yes, time. Correct. Just as you're walking around. Which is that, a wonderful thing that modern RPGs have adopted, and it's wonderful. It, it made me much, moving very smoothly. It made me much more likely to use magic, where yeah. normally in games I just save up my magic for like a boss. Right. And that's just how I play. But in this game, I was free to just I mean, throw it out. Final Fantasy One, where you had like two points for level seven magic yeah. for the entire final dungeon. Yeah. So you don't use it till you get to the boss. Terrible. Yeah. Um, can you think of anything that we've missed in combat? I mean, using that. I like using the gins. They have a they have a yeah. customization system where you have different. We can cover that here. Gins. Go ahead. Tell me about the gins. Yeah, they're little gins, which are little like elemental sprites or spirits or whatever, and you can equip them on your characters, and you can mix and match them. You can and it and it affects the magic that you have. Like if you have like a earth 
may innately earth mage and they're equipped with water spirits then you get different kinds of spells and then you can summon those gin gins in battle there's a lot of mixing and do, matching you can yeah. do uh there's job classes yeah. even uh, although I never really got much use out of the job system, I mainly just stacked gins. It just, it just changes your stats. It changes some stats. If you've got two of this and three of that and one of this, you get this job. Yeah. I, I never mess with it too much because, okay. I mean, like, Mia is still a mage. She's like your mage mage. You know. As opposed no to. No matter. As opposed to, like, Isaac is your warrior mage. Okay. I mean, they're all mages. Uh, yes. They're all mages. They're all psychic children. Right. But Mia is your mage mage. And Garrett and Isaac are like warrior mages. Okay. Where were you going with this? I was just saying I didn't get a lot out of the class change system because you're not suddenly going to make Mia your warrior Valkyrie mage, yeah. or whatever because you gave her a specific. Yeah, I, I liked that it was there, but it, I didn't. I was able to beat the game without playing with it. It wasn't something I had to get into, but I guess it's something there for people who really like to. Like when we talked about Final Fantasy Legends. People who really like to get into like the monster meat and oh, what turns yeah. you into what, okay. and I'm gonna min max this all right. the way. Min max it is right for min maxing. Okay. And I just like customization, period. So I like being able to play around yeah. with things like that. And you find the gems scattered throughout the world. They're hidden in dungeons. Sometimes you have to fight them to recruit them. Sometimes they'll just join you if you find them. There's a lot of hidden ones. I'm sure I didn't even come close to finding all of them. Oh no. I think there's some like crazy hidden ones. Yeah. So I actually, I liked the gin system. Uh, it was a little Pokemon-ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but I kind of felt like it was a party full of Iridias <laughs> Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, because you're you, just all... So what happens when you use them in combat, since we're still in the combat section? Well, here. you summon them, and they do like a summoned monster. And when you summon them, each one has its own unique thing that it does. Some of them attack, some of them buff, some right. of, they do different things. And then once you summon them, you can then summon something else. Correct, yeah. There's a there's a convoluted system of you summon and then they're not available for a little while, but then you can... Basically, you bring them out, and right. if you have three fires out, you can summon a level three fire right. monster to attack. If you have four fires out, is there a level four? It might just be level three. I thought it was just level three. Okay. Or if there is a four, I didn't get it. So, it really, it does get convoluted, and boss fights really just became, as you'll see in the footage, it's just bring out all the gins, summon all the monsters, yeah. bring all the gins back out. Like, that's all boss fights are. But it's still pretty fun to do. It was fun. Battle yeah. system is fun. So, next we'll move on to innovations. Alright, Russ, what innovation stood out to you? The psychic children altruistically on a quest to save the world was very unique. Yes, we've never seen that before. In terms of games that we've played. What was unique about the being psychic children was regularly using their magic outside of combat. Yeah, no, to solve puzzles, to navigate towns, let me freeze this puddle of water, now it's an ice column I can jump on, let me move this statue out of the way with my mind, let me knock that over. I liked uh, that you can talk to animals. Yes, you can, you can mind read everybody can in the game, which everyone. is actually kind of neat. Yeah. Like, not only talk to all the NPCs, but then read all of the NPCs' minds, which was fun. So for kind of an OCD person like me, that's really fun to walk around and talk to a person and see what they're really thinking. Yes. Uh, you had the ability to save anywhere, which is yeah. nice. On a mobile game, it's almost Definitely essential. Definitely convenient. Mm -hmm. I, I will say this. The cutscenes in this game go... <laughs> Yeah. 
and every character the speaks, they have a slightly different yeah. a different Charlie Brown teacher voice. Absolutely. And the pitch changes. Love it. I actually enjoyed that a lot. Love it. Um, and then I had fun with the mind reading mechanics, and we already talked about the gens. Yeah. So was there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I think you covered that pretty thoroughly. I I enjoyed what there was. I did. Yeah. No, it did a lot of things right. The I mean, this is probably why that it's the best two D RPG that's ever been created. Because for the time, it really did do a lot of uh, a lot of. IGN is making me hate this stuff. game. Thank you, IGN. I liked this game going in. Now I'm not sure. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to the music section. But you don't have to suffer through Russ and I trying to talk about music because we have a special uh, guest with us today, uh, Chris Taylor. It's Taylor, yes, yeah, of yeah. Gimmick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Taylor of the video game music band Gimmick. He's here to help talk to us about music. So Russ and I don't show what idiots we are when it comes to that topic. The music was good. Welcome, Chris. Welcome. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us about the music of Golden Sun. Okay. Well, it's good. <laughs> it's there. There you go. Now we're going to move on. <laughs> it is good in there. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, the soundtrack to Golden Sun. Um, so this is a, a Camelot game, as you mentioned. And um, actually, it kind of follows along the, uh, the series sort of started by a PlayStation game called Beyond the Beyond. Okay. Um, if you watch Beyond the Beyond or like whatever, it, it will actually remind you a lot of Golden Sun, uh, the battle system particularly. Uh, so, Beyond the Beyond's composer um, is a guy called Motoi Sakuraba. And he, this is like in video game music appreciation circles, this guy is like top 10. He's like one of the best composers that has ever. And not just for the quality of his compositions, but also for just the sheer amount of stuff that he has composed. Um, if you look on his Wikipedia works page, it's just like, you look and you're just like, this guy did like a game a month. He like wrote all the music for like, and mostly RPGs, and also uh, film soundtracks, anime soundtracks, television soundtracks, and his own personal progressive rock albums. Because sometimes you get bored and you just yeah, want to work on your own absolutely. thing. Sometimes you you're... something for fun. Sometimes you just sleep next to a keyboard and, you know... Anyways, uh, so Sakuraba is... Uh, if you know his works and if you listen to enough of his stuff, it all... Um, well, there's a kind way and an unkind way to put it together. The kind way, if you're a musician, is that uh, he always brings a consistent brand of complex and very interesting, musically interesting um, compositions to the table. There's a lot of subtlety. There's a lot of... Um, you know, different things like that. The unkind way is to say, if you heard one Sakuraba RPG soundtrack, yeah, heard them all. Because, it, you know, for people who are more used to, like, a Final Fantasy, you yeah. know, Umatsu, um, you know, his stuff is so... Uh, everything is, like, really, really different and things like that. With, um, with a Motoi Sakuraba uh, uh, RPG soundtrack in this era, you can expect, um, like, maybe four things. Uh, heavy bass and drums, like just, you know, blasting, pounding, like stuff. Uh, flutes all over the place for whatever reason. And like a couple of synth sounds that he always returns to, um, you know, or piano. Mm -hmm. And male vocalists. 
oh. like a choir of, of dudes singing in everything. And Golden Sun is like a perfect microcosm of all of his like RPG soundtracks of I would say the mid to the mid nineties to the mid aughts because um, more recently he's actually gotten a lot more experimental and you know and but apparently some, he heard the unkind way and he heard the unkind way. <laughs> well I don't I don't know what it is maybe it's that he you know had a much more uh, you know because this is back in still everybody's programming stuff in MIDI and you know mm -hmm. uh, doing that stuff so. You know, you're kind of limited on the amount of stuff you could just come up with when you're doing a soundtrack to a game a month uh, on top sure. of everything else. That's my theory. Anyways, uh, maybe all the male vocalists just had <laughs> other things to do. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Like, we can't, yeah, like we can't do a game a month. So. It's like, we're tired. <laughs> exactly. We do, do something else. Just, we need a break. Barry has a cold. <laughs> we, just, we can't come in this time. Goddamn Barry. Barry Kobayashi. Yeah, Barry. He is sick today. So, uh, yeah, when you um, load up the, you know, the Golden Sun soundtrack, you know, you get this big celebratory song and things like that. And then immediately you get into this, like, very ethereal, uh, wispy sort of, you know, menu music and you know you get into the towns and then you hear it you hear oh there's flute there's vocals mm -hmm. there's synth and then you get into a battle and then suddenly it's just like you know like bass and drums everywhere notes flying all over the place uh if you are a person who like understands music and plays an instrument this is like just you know you could just you just want to sit there and listen to it for like an hour the battle music was my favorite if i'm going to yeah. remember music in a video game it's usually the battle music since you're exactly. exposed to really, it hundreds yeah. and hundreds and of this times one was, and i liked this one yes so that's that's a very it had battle music <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm i noticed an octopath when the music changed i yeah I did not. and you did not no no so uh, apparently i'm the worst at music no. you're a step above me <laughs> a step above so, uh, you know, we have, like, I want to say four different battle themes in Golden Sun, and each of them are brilliant. Actually, my favorite is the Satoros battle theme, when you're facing off against Satoros. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, it just, like, has this awesome, like, pounding shuffle. And um, the final boss theme is actually really good, too. And I actually really like the, you know, since you run into a battle every three steps, it's nice that the regular right. battle theme is actually really good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you go back to something like... Um, yeah, he wrote the music to Star Ocean 2, um, again, Beyond the Beyond. Uh, lots and lots of RPGs, uh, all the Tales games, pretty much. Star Ocean 2 has a really good battle theme, too. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's Sakuraba. Okay. And, uh, and like I said before, you know, later on, he kind of branched into other stuff. For instance, he's the composer for Dark Souls. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, and all of Mario Tennis and Golf. <laughs> wow. Well, because because Mario Tennis. Because, like because Camelot. That's it's Camelot developed okay, uh, Mario sense. Tennis and Golf. Yeah. Okay, so he's the in-house Camelot guy, apparently. More or less. I mean, he works, you know, Star Ocean was Tri-Ace, and right. uh, he also worked with Wolf Team back in the Sega Genesis era, so he did space shooter games like Granada, and uh, oh, there's a few others, I'll forget them. Anyways... Uh, so the thing about the soundtrack to Golden Sun, the battle theme's great and memorable. Um, all the compositions are really good. The problem is um, almost all the dungeon themes are almost indistinguishable from each other because they rely so heavily on heavy drum and bass, uh, male vocals, and flute, and, you know, uh, a couple of different synth sounds. And there's a problem with at least two of those elements is that we played this on a Game Boy Advance with yeah. this one speaker, uh, that barely did stereo, 
And, in fact, some people later on played it on a Game Boy Advance SP, which didn't even have a headphone jack. <laughs> so the yeah. chances of you hearing some of these amazing bass lines and even drum lines is, like, almost nil. So, But I'm the, guessing if people search out for, like, the original soundtrack, they can find a fuller sound. <laughs> yes, uh, the only thing about that is that when you listen to Game Boy Advance music outside of a Game Boy Advance, one of the first things you'll notice is just a constant hissing because of the low sample rate of the system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, some people have gone and remastered the soundtrack and made, like, better versions of that mm -hmm. stuff, and, you know, you can seek that out. Certainly, the soundtrack is worth a listen. I want to say it's 29 tracks or 30 tracks. Um, and yeah, like, again, four amazing battle themes. Uh, I love the town theme myself. Uh, I really like the subtle, ethereal, mm -hmm. um, you know, floaty musics for, you know, various temples and whatever BS happens in this game. Uh, but yeah, no, the music all around is really, really good. And like I said, it's and it's there. And it's it's it there. there and to bring good. us full circle. So, yeah, it's there and good. It's there and good and you know, it's written by a guy who you definitely heard and just probably didn't notice because oh, absolutely. he wrote like six thousand games. Now I'm gonna go home different. and play Mario Tennis and actually hear the music. It's gonna sound like yeah, you're gonna think that sounds like there RPG Battle like, oh, like, like, Golden Sun Battle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, there's the flutes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there's right. Barry. There's Barry Kobayashi. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> He's back today. Barry's back. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We're going to move on to final thoughts. Well, I don't think there's a lot to be said because this is the best 2D RPG that has ever been created. Um, so it gets an A++++. And I never need to play another video game as long as I live. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the game, the game is good. I would give the game, I would give the game a, a B plus. Um, it really was fun overall. The battle systems were fun. Using all of the powers outside of battle were fun. I liked uh, all of the very talkative characters and all of the very long cutscenes. Um, it was just like we talked about in the review. It was just sort of one half of one whole game, or maybe even less than that, depending on what they would have given us on the N64. Um, the, the, the overarching story just didn't have enough closure, and you just didn't do enough. Your entire quest is about trying to get from one location, and then failing something, and then trying to get to the other location, and just failing again, and then you finally kill two people, and that's the end of the game. Um, so that's what sort of pushes it out of the A territory for me. It does have to have some kind of good overarching story um, to really be like an A game, in my opinion. Uh, but I still really liked it, and I would recommend it to anyone that's looking for an RPG. So Russ and I don't talk about uh, our actual score for the game ahead of time. We will occasionally discuss little things about the game, but we try not to talk too much until we start filming. And yet, weirdly, we're almost always on the same page with the score. Um, I would have given it a B plus had it not been for the To Be Continued, which really just, I felt, left me hanging. Uh, I played these games for stories, and there are certain rules to how stories flow. And playing with those rules is fine. That's experimental, it can be great, it can lead to good things. Flat out ignoring them, and leaving your audience unsatisfied, eh, that knocks it down to a B. And then the endless cutscenes knock it down to a B-. minus. So it's still a good game, it's worth playing, 
it's just it's never going to make any top ten list of mine. Um, even though I I really love the use of the magic outside of combat, I I think we didn't talk about that enough. I feel because I feel like that's this game's real strong point. It's its real innovation. Uh, is that they have these magical powers, and they're not just for fighting. They're for solving all kinds of things, and I really like that, and I wish more games did it. But man, did it let me down at the end. And man, did they never shut up. Ah, uh, I think the game is good, and it's there. So that was Golden Sun. That was Golden Sun. I had a good time overall. Despite some shortcomings. Well, it was arguably the best 2D game based on a JRPG created for any system ever. What is it? It was the best 2D game based on an RPG? The actual quote. Arguably the best 2D game based on JRPGs created for any oh, system. Oh, sure. Okay. I get it. It's the quintessential JRPG, basically. But I'm going to go ahead and disagree because I think the game we're playing next week is infinitely superior. Spoiler. I love the next game. It's always going to be in my top five. It's finally time. It is. Um, it's actually breaking the rules a little bit, too. Uh, but I'm okay with it. So, Home on the RNG had two rules. You have a lot of rules. Two. So, I There's mean, two. I can't There's... really keep up with all of the rules. <laughs> I'm just sort of along for the ride because I, mean, are... I live my life free of rules and inhibitions. There are two rules. We play games. We game. We play game series in order, and we don't play two games from the same series in the same clump of like ten games. That way, we don't just do all the Final Fantasies all in a row. We it's spread a lot it out. To remember, two <laughs> rules. So we did review Final Fantasy one. According to the rules, the next game we should play is Final Fantasy two. But I don't want it. I, I don't want to. Don't want I don't want to do that. So, since arguably Final Fantasy II did not come out in America as the next game, nor did Final Fantasy III, yeah. what are we reviewing next time, Russ? We are reviewing... Oh, God. Sailor Moon, the RPG. I knew it. I haven't said that in a long time, and I was and yet ready somehow, to do it. Somehow so, I knew it was coming. Um, no, this whole this whole review has been a preview of the next game that we are playing. I don't know how well this comes up on camera because the the character sprites are pretty tiny. Um, but we are playing Final Fantasy. We're playing one of the Final Fantasy twos. <laughs> We're playing Final We're playing Fantasy the American four. Final Fantasy two slash Final Fantasy four. So maybe someday in the future, possibly we'll go back and do two and three. I wouldn't hold my breath for it. But fun we are moving fun on the fact. Floor. Fun fact. Is it is it really though? It actually is a fun fact. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, the entirety of the old NES Final Fantasy II was localized, and then they just scrapped it. That's fair. Because they were just like Mother One, because the Super NES was getting ready to come out, and they were just like, "Eh, we're not going to do this." No, that's that's how you should treat. Final Fantasy 2, really. <laughs> Alright, so we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys next time for All Final right. Fantasy 4. Bye! Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone.
take this podcast with you. size of a whale, okay? <laughs> You've lost like 60 pounds since we started, and I think I gained it. God. Okay? Yeah, I'm okay, I promise.